Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, holiday week is upon us. Tell me your favorite non-Mariah Carey holiday song. Oh, easy. Please come home for Christmas, Bon Jovi. That one he did with that video with Cindy Crawford, by far. That's my favorite version. I don't think I've heard that song before. There's a Bon Jovi Christmas song? I'm sure there's a Bon Jovi Christmas song, but I don't, I've never heard of it before. No, he remakes the song. It's Baby, Please Come Home for Christmas. Okay. Is it very popular? Because I have no idea what this is. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's popular. The Eagles did it. And it's a really old song. And so I guess nobody's doing it right now. But it's a really nice song. It's just ballady, which I kind of dig. I got it. Okay. Good choice. I, I would have never guessed that one. What about you? Oh, my all-time favorite is Christmas Rapping by oh. The Waitresses. Do you by know that way- song? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I, the only Christmas rapping song I know is that one by Run DMC. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. It's the one that goes like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, but I think I'll miss this one this year. You remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. I think it was in the 80s. I don't know. My favorite line is when the near the end of the song and she's like grocery shopping and then she runs into the guy, the guy I've been eyeing all year. And she says like, you mean you forgot cranberries too? I mean, it's a a funny song. I think Uh, the reason I like it is there's this trumpet part, right? It's like, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And it reminds me of uh, that Steve Martin movie, My Blue Heaven, (laughs) with Rick Moranis. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, They're in the witness protection that. program. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I remember the baseball uniforms being like he was like a sponsor for the kids baseball team. Oh, my gosh. They look like little suits. I think that trumpet portion of the song reminds me of that movie. And that's mm-hmm. I, I think I like Christmas rapping. I don't know. It comes on. I don't know. Star 1015 and Warm 1069 when they mm-hmm. do all the holiday songs for a whole month and a half. Yeah. And whenever that comes on, that and the Mariah Carey song and Last Christmas by George Michael Mm, (laughs) are the only three holiday songs that I can tolerate that I'll listen to in my car from beginning to end. (laughs) Other than that, I'll turn off the radio. I'll turn off and switch it on to like my podcast or to a different station. But those are the only three songs I'll listen to that are holiday songs. That's a pretty good list. So you listen to your podcast. So basically what you're saying is you just turn on Seattle Foodie Podcast and that's what you listen to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody knows I love listening to myself. (laughs) I love listening to my voice. My voice is so perfect for radio or podcasting. (laughs) It's a good podcasting voice. (laughs) No, I'm one of those people that I don't like listening to myself. So, all right. Anyway, (laughs) so Bon Jovi. Okay. I'm glad Bon Jovi made it onto our Seattle foodie podcast after 119 episodes. (laughs) Right. Right. I, we can we can save it for like the next 119 episodes for like how much I love Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like Bon Jovi. It's My Life is a great song. Mm-hmm. Anyway, welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, everyone. It is holiday week. If you guys didn't listen to our last episode, we had a holiday episode. More of a regular show today. Monica, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling great about kind of slacking and being behind on everything and not getting (laughs) getting everything done because I feel like if there's one year where it's okay, it's this year. So yeah, I haven't gotten everything in the mail, haven't written all my Christmas cards. I got some gifts around my house, not really wrapping them right now, but you know, hey, I feel like 2020 is a year where everybody gets a pass. So, you know. 
I think as you get older and older, I'm just done thinking about getting gifts for people. I was like, I'm just done. I think I'm just done with it. <laughs> this is it's so hard. Is it? As our friends get older, yes, it is. It's very hard. I think it's very difficult. Everybody has pretty much everything, and so then I have to think about real hard about what I need to get, what do they need, what do they want, what what sounds good, and it's a whole process. As soon as this Christmas ends, I'm thinking I'm already thinking about the next Christmas because <laughs> that's going to take that long. That's how long the process takes for me. Okay, time out for you, Nelson, and for all our listeners. I don't have everything, so it's totally okay to shop for me. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a story. So we have we had like a gift exchange at my work. Basically, it was a really complicated thing, but somebody came and picked up and dropped off gifts at our houses, very socially mm-hmm. distant. And when we unwrapped them online together, out of my team of like, I don't know, 12 people, 80% of the people thought I bought their gift. <laughs> and they guessed me and finally at, like afterwards i asked everybody i said why did everybody think why did everybody thought i bought their gift like i only bought a gift for one person and they're just because like, the I- gifts were bad no, no said, kidding. Said because, because you listen and like you give people things like really good gifts and i'm Aww. like oh that's so sweet and i'm like you guys aren't really getting anything this year <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I actually enjoy the act of getting a gift. But like like you, Nelson, like the pressure of being around December, it's too much. I like to buy gifts throughout the year for people that I see. Like I'll be walking around just like that looks like something Nelson would like or that looks like <laughs> something Andy would like. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. For all of your work coworkers, mm-hmm. I would have just given them all plants. That would be that would be <laughs> your gift to them. <laughs> that was a hot topic of conversation. But you know what we figured out? At least the one tulip. The tulip will bloom again, so they just need to go in there, clean it up, and just get it ready for the spring so they can kill it all over again. I didn't realize tulips are perennials, not (laughs) annuals. Good to know. Okay, Monica, so I'm looking at our notes. We've got three recaps. We've got a long list of what are we eating. Let's go ahead and kick it off, shall we? Yes, I'm so jealous of the first one. Maybe we were just making up for this upcoming week because we're not planning on doing anything or doing much this week so maybe we ate a lot this week but enzo's is chef nick novello's newest restaurant and monica i'm so happy because it's so convenient for me that it's in issaquah yes finally something good in issaquah fancy They are serving elegant and extraordinary Italian takeout. I picked up several of Chef Nick's recommendations. He recommended the Rostisseria Cobb salad loaded with Enzo's rotisserie chicken. This salad is absolutely on steroids, guys. If you didn't see my picture, you couldn't even see any lettuce, which is the perfect salad for Monica. It's not even That's a my salad. kind of salad. That's my kind of salad. And like, seriously, there's greens in there, really. <laughs> I also got the Parpadel Bolognese and the Calabrese pizza with tomato sauce, mozzarella, and sausage. You guys also have to get the Braccio di Fiero pizza. It's simply olive oil, buffalo stracciatella, sea salt, and arugula. Chef Nick keeps it simple, everyone, and lets the ingredients stand out on its own. I shared that pizza with him on one of the two outdoor covered patios, Monica, and you can really tell how much passion he has for making pizzas. You've interviewed him. We've talked to him before. He's very passionate about his food and about what he's making. 
I agree. I, I was just sad I couldn't be there. I've never had one of his pizzas, so it looked really delicious. Yeah, so he had some time. He was in the kitchen making some food. He ferments and works the dough for three straight days. And when he was perfecting this recipe, he was telling me he went to the restaurant at 1 a.m. making pizzas all night. Wow. He'd be in bed and he'd be thinking about it. And all of a sudden he would wake up because he was trying to master the recipe of all of his pizzas. Mm -hmm. You guys have to go out, order the takeout here, get a drink while you wait for your food. If you order it at the restaurant, because it'll take about 15 minutes to get your order ready. So it's perfect time to go to the outdoor patio, grab a cocktail there. And also you can support them by buying a gift card or just ordering online. I really love it, Monica. Chef Nick does great food and I'm really happy that he's opened this one up. Yeah. For our listeners, if you haven't gone back and listened to his interview, you know, he makes really great seafood and a lot of great desserts which i love and i again i've never tried any of the italian food and those pizzas look lovely and if i were going to eat a salad like if i were to order a salad off a menu it'd definitely be that one because yeah i didn't see any green stuff hanging out there just (laughs) tons of other ingredients which is my kind of salad as like you said nelson so i look forward to visiting I mean, everything is top quality. He doesn't skimp on any expenses. It is really good. So check that out. Yeah. Monica, what else do we got for our recap? Let's see. One of the things that we both got is Joey Kitchen in U Village is making meal kits and cocktail kits. Now, Nelson, I haven't tried the cocktail kits, but you and I both tried the meal kits recently. And I had the blackened steak fajita kit, which I've talked about before. And you had the game day kit. My kit was clearly labeled with really great instructions and everything was portioned out perfectly. The only things I had to cook were a few veggies and the steak, and it was a delicious meal. So I think it was a win overall. Nelson, what about your game day kit? My game day kit did not need instructions because everything was cooked for me, which is convenient for me. You saw it. I had, there's a lot of food. Mm -hmm. You just put it out there and watch football for about six hours. And that's basically the whole plan for this. My game day kit came with sliders, It came with gyozas as well as chicken wings. It also came with a six pack of Stella. I mean, there's a lot of food that came with it and it it was very well worth it. If you just want to do a lazy Sunday and just watch football like I do all day, that would be the perfect thing. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect kit for you just knowing how much you love football and Sundays are absolutely for football for you. So, I, you know, I had my my eyes on the Stella Artois. That's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for our listeners, in addition to these easy kits, some you cook a little, some you don't cook at all. Joey also offers takeout and outdoor seating at U Village, so check them out. Awesome. And then Monica, we got alcohol this week. Oh yeah, it was a good week. <laughs> <laughs> good week. Yes. <laughs> Empress 1908 Gin sent us a couple bottles of their gin to sample and make cocktails. Empress, they're distilled from Victoria, B.C. This gin is inspired by the renowned tea and cocktail program of the iconic Fairmont Empress Hotel. Monica, have you ever had high tea at the Empress Hotel in Victoria? I haven't had high tea, but I've stayed at the hotel and I've definitely had the gin there. But yeah, no, not the high tea. Just, I don't know, just kind of not my thing. Really? (laughs) Finger sandwiches aren't your thing? Yeah, it's kind of fancy for me. I mean, staying at the hotel was kind of fancy, but like tea time is kind of way fancy for me, I think. It's not that kind oh, of Oh, I think it's way fancier for you to stay at the hotel than to have high tea there. Oh, That's no. nice. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stayed at the hotel. It's ni- The hotel is very nice, very classic, just nice, beautiful. Can't wait to do it again. I went a long time ago, probably maybe 10 years ago. I was so worried about like, what's the dress code? And they, they just... 
always comes like, oh, yeah, it's like, well, just a buttoned up shirt would be nice. It's like no muscle shirts. <laughs> At the time, I was like, what's a muscle shirt? I didn't know what a muscle shirt was. <laughs> it's a sleeveless shirt, you guys. It's a sleeveless workout shirt. I had no idea what yeah, a muscle, muscle shirt was. Tea. I had to. It's a muscle tee. Okay, I, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> Finger sandwiches. Anyway, going back to finger sandwiches. Mm -hmm. I think I ate three towers of those finger sandwiches because they were so good. (laughs) Nonetheless, going back to the Empress Gin, the gin uses eight botanicals, including the butterfly pea blossoms and Fairmont Empress blended tea to give that indico hue that everybody's looking at, that kind of purplish color in gin. That's Mm -hmm. what I never, I rarely see that. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing a lot of creative cocktails with this gin, Monica. What did you end up making? I ended up making two cocktails. I've had this quite a bit around town uh, of the places that serve it. Even though I know cucumbers are not very seasonal for this time of year, I really like refreshing drinks that go down easy. So I had a blue cucumber drink that I made and then one that was called Cool is a Cucumber. So one was just really based on that blue hue and the other one triggered the color change of the butterfly pea blossoms. And they're both very delicious. And so I'm enjoying having gin around the house this time of year. I have to say, I'm going to make some more this week. (laughs) I love how they layer each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For some reason, as soon as you mix things, I feel like the colors just all blend in and it's this ugly green Hulk color. But I love how (laughs) the layers separate in between the two. Mm -hmm. I made mine with a lemonade grapefruit juice mixture Mm -hmm. with an orange guava syrup in between. And then I put in the Empress Gin on top to make that. And that actually turned and kept it the the purple color before it turned into blue when I mixed it up all together. Yeah, that was a great looking cocktail. You did good making that one. Oh, thanks. I did good. Yay, guys. (laughs) I got Monica's approval. It's taken me 119 episodes, but I finally got Monica's approval. Oh my goodness. My goodness. (laughs) If you'd like a bottle of Empress 1908 gin, you can save $5 on a bottle when you use the code Empress Wa 5. That's a great deal. Make sure you get this by December 31st because the coupon code will expire by then. All right, Nelson, tell me everything that you ate. I'm ready. All right, let's get into this. This week started off with the midday cookie break. I have been working so much. It's insane, Monica. You don't understand. I think I'm just trying to ram everything in so I can take the last two weeks off like a normal year would be. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get out of the house. I've been working so much. And I went to the Metropolitan Market and I got a cookie, the cookie. Mm -hmm. I think, Monica, this is still probably my favorite chocolate chip cookie in all the land. I ate it four hours later and it's still soft. I don't know how other cookies can do that. Hmm. It's ooey and it's gooey. There's chocolate all over my hands if I, when I tear into it. It's still the best cookie I've had. Hmm. It's awesome. It's a, it's a really good cookie. It's not, it's not my number one, but definitely a very good cookie. And I'm always surprised when I'm watching my stories. Some people are still trying it for the first time. I'm just like, yeah, go try the cookie. It's worth a try. It's yeah. A good one. I like it. I like people discovering this for the first time. It's not like it's been done over and over again. Anyway, I also checked out the Brick and Renton who are now under new ownership. And I would describe this new restaurant as a Asian bar food fusion and comfort food. Monica, you and I are fans of Ocha Thai Bar and Cuisine out in Renton. I believe they're similar owners that own the Brick. Yeah, I've heard that too. I just, I haven't been there because it's in Renton. So, you know, once a year, maybe next year. (laughs) I'll go down there. Maybe when you go visit Michael, you can stop by there. Since oh my gosh. Yeah. That hurts. I don't know. <laughs> that hurts. Renton's so far away. 
What do you mean that hurts? We never talk about Michael on this show. I don't understand. We always talk about Michael on this show. <laughs> Just because it's been a couple of weeks doesn't mean we never talk about Michael on this show. We always talk about Michael on the show. Okay, I got it. <laughs> right. I guess I better can- cancel my trip there this week. <laughs> Nonetheless, going back to the brick, they have items like Penang poutine, bulgogi loaded tots, and I ordered the garlic noodles, which were recommended by Bam Bam Lamb Chops, and the bulgogi cheesesteak. Oh my goodness, the bulgogi cheesesteak. You guys got to get this. This this should be your number one thing that you need to order is that bulgogi cheesesteak. I'm definitely coming back for their smash burger too as well. I saw pictures of that. I love a good smash burger, Monica. It sounds delicious. So with the cheesesteak, what kind of cheese did they use? Because I was thinking about like the sweetness of the bulgogi and thinking of different combinations. So what kind of cheese was it? I feel like it was a mixture of an American cheese and Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's what it looked like. Okay, cool. Sounds yummy. On Wednesday, I was out in Pioneer Square in Cookie's Country Chicken, and they took over one half of Josh Henderson's quality athletic spot. So they moved from Georgetown to there, and I got a three-piece combo with mac and cheese and red beans and rice. They're also selling cold brew, Monica, and not-too-sweet sweet tea lemonade. Mm. And I love some sweet teas and Arnold Palmer hybrid drinks, Monica. Mm. You and I both love Arnold Palmer's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm not having a cocktail at lunch, definitely Arnold Palmer makes the makes the list. But you know, but if there are cocktails, <laughs> I think it's just awesome. I don't often go out to Georgetown that much. I'm nearby Pioneer Square more, so that's it's good that I can get some fried chicken there. Yeah, I've never been to the Georgetown location, but definitely have it on my list. It's kind of far, you know. It's not yeah. like it's on my way to Michael's or anything. <laughs> Speaking of fried chicken, I'll just talk about this really briefly. Thursday, went to U Village as I was picking up my Joey Kitchen game day kit. I was thinking, hey, you know what? I need lunch. I grabbed lunch at Maono and Rachel's ginger beer to get a fried chicken sandwich, the hot Monica, and -hmm. some caramelized pineapple ginger beer. This caramelized pineapple ginger beer is probably my go-to flavor. Which one is your favorite? I like blood orange and then some of the special seasonal flavors, but blood Mm -hmm. orange is the one that I'm most commonly drinking. Blood orange is good too. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah they really need to have a location in bellevue so that way i can finally buy a growler it's not worth me getting a growler because i don't get out to the seattle rgbs enough but if they're in (laughs) bellevue i'm for sure going one to two weeks for that growler well i think you know one of the thing about rachel's is they they actually offer delivery as well so you can get growlers at home oh okay i'll have to look that up yeah good to know it's a good thing you're the guru of the seattle foodie podcast I've missed you too, Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it home. Bring it home. (laughs) All right. Bring it home. For dinner, Shan Noodles reopened and remodeled for takeout. This place, you guys, is otherwise known as Monica's I Need to F and Eat spot. (laughs) Whenever Monica gets hangry, in order to suppress her from becoming She-Hulk. She goes here to eat, you guys. So it felt really good to get some spicy cumin lamb hand rip noodles in my life. I thought it was so good. Monica, I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. That happened one time. That happened one time. (laughs) Monica was in the foulest mood, you guys. Like, I think two years ago, 
<laughs> and as we were waiting for another spot to open up as we were <laughs> as we were with our friends when we could hang out with our friends obviously this was pre-pandemic monica goes f it i'm hungry i'm gonna go get noodles and then so for 15 minutes everybody's like where's monica where's monica it's okay monica's just really hungry <laughs> she can't wait for this food but we're at a restaurant i know she can't wait for this food you guys she had to go to shan noodles to get noodles <laughs> wait a minute didn't brian come with me i was alone right right i don't recall anyone going with you you were the only one and so you came back to the place where we were and you were eating the food in the place because you were so angry so i designated this spot as the i need to f and eat monica spot shan it's a good spot but yeah, it only happened once, you guys, at that restaurant. It's happened other places, but only once there. <laughs> oh, the memories. The memories. My goodness. Shan Noodles has remodeled. They're doing only takeout. And I love these. They put all of their sauces. Remember, in the past, you could just grab the sauces willy-nilly. Mm -hmm. But now, they're all packaged in little containers. And they're, and they're stacked I think six high. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. You just grab whatever you want. It's perfect. Make sure you guys go support them. Monica, I didn't realize I went out that so much this week, but that's what I ate. That's a pretty good list, Nelson. I didn't even mention a lot of the other things because I went to some other places that we've already mm -hmm. talked about on the yeah, show. Yeah. We'll leave it as that. What did you end up eating? Well, I told you I don't mention my secret eating. So there's always like a secret <laughs> eating list that I never really talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but let's see. What did I do? I tried some Hisho sushi and they're making Flamin' Hot Cheetos rolls for just a couple more weeks. Uh, I recommend that people eat it right away because doing so gives you that Cheetos crunch on the outside so it doesn't have time to get soggy. And there are multiple layers of heat and some cooling ingredients like cream cheese and avocado. Hisho partners with over 1,600 retailers nationwide, so you can find these at grocery stores, colleges, and airports. And so just, just all over the place. That, that's something different that I normally don't order, so it was really interesting and definitely worth a try. Whenever I see something flaming hot Cheetos, I try to stay away from it because mm -hmm. it, in my opinion, it's kind of a little gimmicky. Yeah. But I, looking at your picture, it does look interesting the way they infuse it. It's not one of those at the end, wrap everything in Cheetos and then that they give it to you. Like the Doritos Taco Bell <laughs> tacos. Like, I like that one. <laughs> no, the I Doritos, don't like those. Doritos Taco Loco. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. That's too gimmicky for me, Monica. I'm sorry. I got I got to nix that one, but I'm happy to try this one. Yeah, definitely. I hear you about gimmicky. And, you know, I mean, actually, I'd been talking to um, Ken Feed the Pudge when I went to go pick up my cake last week about this this promotion. And, you know, gimmicky isn't really my style. If I if it's something that I already eat, like I do love that Dorito taco, by the way, and, and I love flaming Hot Cheetos, but it's something that, that I eat, then I'm willing to give it a try. And so I don't view it as any different as somebody asking me to come to their restaurant or come to that cafe to try a cup of coffee. So that's kind of the perspective I take with it. And I thought when I read the description of the ingredients, I'm just like, all right, sounds like sounds like it's, it's worth a try. So mm -hmm. definitely. So Nelson, it's the holidays and more than ever, I need to be concerned about my gut health. <laughs> 
So the good people at Firefly Kitchens sent me a variety of raw and fermented products. So we could all use more probiotics in our lives. And these Krauts veggies and salsas and tonics can help us get there. And, you know, I used to see Firefly at farmer's markets all the time, like uh, up at Shoreline Farmer's Market. They would have a booth there and definitely many that I frequented. So that's where I would buy their stuff. But now they're selling a lot of them in stores around the area. So it's more convenient. And of course, as we know, farmer's markets aren't quite the same in 2020. I made made a kimchi top frittata from the recipe book, which is called Fresh and Fermented. And I have to say, like when I read this recipe, I was like, I don't know how kimchi is going to taste with a frittata, but it actually worked really, really well. And the kind of kimchi it is, it's not the kind that I'm used to, like the kind that I grew up with. Like there's a really famous kimchi company um, on the big island of Hawaii that I grew up eating. It's definitely um, easier to eat because it's cut smaller, more like a kraut cut. So I actually enjoyed that piece of it and not as spicy as I'm used to, but it really paired well with the frittata. So I think that's going to be one of my go-to breakfast recipes because it makes multiple servings. Yum. You don't have to tell me twice about, about kimchi. I am pro probiotic, Monica. Did I say that? Pro probiotic? <laughs> pro -pro. I'm totally in for <laughs> I know, just I as I get older, like my my gut is like always messed up. It could be because I'm lactose intolerant and I I'm in denial and just continue to eat lactose. But um, in lieu of that, you know, having something that makes my belly feel better, <laughs> like naturally, is is any it's always welcome. <laughs> yeah, in my early twenties, never had I thought I had to take two pills of probiotic and mm -hmm. fiber at the same time. But right. look at us now, here we are. So right. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right, just a couple of mentions in our neighborhood. Uh, this week, I stopped by Kid Valley for burgers and onion rings. I got to say, those onion rings just knock me out every time. And Nelson, I know you're a fan of onion rings, too. I found Trey's House of Cheesesteaks again, Nelson. <laughs> you did. Where is it? Because I've been looking for it forever, Monica. Me too. Me too. So... They are actually at the corner of 24th and 80th Northwest, and that's a corner market called Salas. Funny story, I used to live three blocks from there, just down the street, and so I used to go to Salas, you know, all the time. And uh, Salas been having food truck in his parking lot for I don't know a couple of years. Trays is there during the daytime, but definitely, you know, check it out um, on social media and make sure. This last week, it seemed like he was there Monday through Friday from like maybe 11 to maybe four in the afternoon so yeah i managed to get my hands on the cheesesteak and i was like i've got to post this i found them i found them <laughs> <laughs> i've missed them and uh just a couple other mentions pho tic tac which you know because cole's favorite place to get pho and pop-up thai i had pud you i was just craving white noodles and so that was a, a quick stop and for home cooking really quickly cole made pretzels and pretzel buns loved it i made homemade cocoa and a microwave chocolate cake and I also did some home drinking this week. <laughs> I don't know what home drinking means. Does that mean like sit in the dark and drink a fifth or something like that? Is that you what know, home drinking is? You know, I have to admit that when the pandemic first started, I was a little embarrassed to admit that I was like drinking around the house a lot. But it's just like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go out uh -huh. for happy hour with friends or there's no big gatherings. So, you know, I kind of kept down the down low. I'm just like, well, you know, I mean, it's a part of my daily life. <laughs> and so I'll just share that with people and, you know, promote some of the some of the brands as well. So, yeah, uh, I did some home drinking this week. Home drinking. OK, <laughs> I, I guess that works. Yeah, Not to be confused with home eating. 
Yeah. Home meeting means is more frequent. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, we have a great interview today, Nelson. Why don't you tell us all about it? Monica, I've known this guest for quite some time now. Our guest today is Andy Gundel, owner of Urban Family Brewing Company. Andy and I used to work together, and it's so great. Just to see how successful and popular he's made Urban Family Brewing Company, mm-hmm. just really great to see. Of course, we talk about beer and the move from Magnolia to Ballard. Here's our interview with Andy Gundel from Urban Family Brewing. Hey, everyone. Today we have on our show my friend Andy Gundel, owner of Urban Family Brewing Company. Hello. Andy, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting up in the empty tap room. Nice. <laughs> that we're not allowed to have people in right now. <laughs> Andy, for those that are listening, you and I used to work together yeah. a long, long time ago. You, you were the man at Pro Club. You were like, uh. the, you got to run all the fun equipment. You know, you can go talk to Nelson, but he may be a little busy. Yeah, but I always got to have, I always had you as like, hey, we need someone to do this. Like, oh, let's get Andy to do this. I want Andy to do this. My first question to you, before we even talk about beer. Yeah. When you put on a polo, do you have PTSD? <laughs> or my other question is. Your staff, do you make your staff wear 70% oh. white shoes or oh my God. have the have the collars buttoned up to <laughs> or make on their polos? Have no facial hair. I think if I, yeah. if I denied people facial hair in the brewing industry, I'd be considered like a real monster. <laughs> we, we had some of the craziest rules I, working there. <laughs> Catherine, my my wife who also worked at Bro Club, we mm-hmm. like to reminisce about how we really overcame adversity in our relationship early because <laughs> yes. I like my outfit was basketball shorts mm-hmm. Nike trainers a sweater vest with a polo underneath yeah and I had to be clean shaven it was quite the look for me one that I didn't appreciate fully at the time but now if I had my clothes planned for me every day no that sounds kind of nice I, I totally agree <laughs> I was just like when I left our former employer I was like oh I got I gotta spend some money on clothes this is weird. <laughs> but... I, that's why 90% of my wardrobe now is beer shirts because they're free and then I just, <laughs> I think I'm I'm wearing like the only thing I paid for that I'm wearing is my shoes and my pants right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How we used to personal train in polo shirts and oh. basketball shorts. I have no idea, but it was, it anyway, <laughs> Andy, we've known each other for so many years. Yeah. Little did I know when we used to hang out at Aussies or Norms in Fremont <laughs> that this you're a brewmaster. Is is the term uh, brewmaster in the beer world just as cringeworthy as how people describe on Instagram influencers? Because I hate that word influencers. Yeah. It's like, do you just cringe when people say like, oh, Andy the brewmaster? Is that is that uh, one of those things? Well, first of all, I, I definitely do not do anything uh, production-wise. I, <laughs> I uh, got into this more on the administrative side of the business and, mm-hmm. and just kind of running logistics and management of the company. And I think the next generation of people that actually like can produce beer and brew really cringe at the term brewmaster because it's uh-huh. it was kind of that term that evolved like early on in the industry that was like people trying to elevate their position and all that stuff now guys are just like yeah i'm a brewer like i go out and i brew it it's like bringing a cook they're like yeah i'm a line cook or i'm like mm-hmm. this kind of stuff they want to be in the trenches and brewmaster is kind of like saying oh i'm a the executive chef of mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> So when we were going out to all these bars 10, 15 years ago, was it always, has it been your dream to own a brewery or how did this all get started? How did I don't, I don't know, man. You know, I think back on it and when we worked together um, and we were going to those bars, I don't even know. I was drinking like dirty martinis or something. <laughs> like <laughs> just random red wine that was available. Yeah. 
I wouldn't say I was passionate about beer. I did start drinking craft beer in college. And at the time, mm-hmm. it was like Mac and Jack. And yeah. if we wanted to go to a brewery, kind of around that time we're talking about, we would make the trek 30 minutes out because I lived in Seattle. And then we'd go to Black Raven and yeah. over on the east side. And that was an experience. Oh, let's go drink some craft beer and let's go to Black Raven. And then I remember Ruben's opening up in Seattle. And I'm like, oh, there's like another really good brewery over here. So I went to that one. And then it, as they started coming up, I started to get more interested in what is this? Why are there so many of these things starting to pop up? And I used to live on Dexter Avenue and I moved into Magnolia. And as I moved, literally we were like moving furniture and I see a sign on the side of the road that said like brewery. And I was like, wait, what brewery is that? And and the guys that had started Urban Family had just moved over to Magnolia at the same time. And so mm-hmm. that's when I started going there because I was like, oh yeah, like I want to be involved with breweries and know people that own breweries and started to help them out just with like, I was working in startup tech jobs after I left pro and I was pretty bored <laughs> and I, I was like hey I can help with like social media or I can take pictures I can do this or I can do that and started to get more involved with them and actually they were like hey do you want to come on and help us with managing this growth that we're trying to do and I was like yes like that sounds so much more fulfilling than trying to sell people a product I don't believe in um, <laughs> I kind of jumped ship I talked to Catherine and letting me take a pretty big pay cut and follow a, a dream and I had homebrewed a little bit before everything about the brewing industry seemed like super romantic at the time and it's like oh yeah this is where we like roll up our sleeves and do this stuff and started to change some stuff after a few months of working in the brewery the original owners were just like yeah we're kind of done we're gonna leave and I was like oh they had already kind of ran their full cycle they wanted out so I ended up with the opportunity to try and keep it going we had employees we had relationships we had that all take over the company and I'll try and build this company from what it was into what vision I had for it which was like one of those original brewery that started to spring up around Seattle super local focus doing something kind of unique and interesting and just like a place where we could have people come in and enjoy themselves and we could sell beer around Washington and Oregon and it was a weird little kind of progression to the place I am now which now it seems (laughs) that was only like five years ago and now it seems like 20 this year accounted for like eight of them (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing I didn't even know how this came about I was just looking through Monica's a huge fan and a lot of my foodie friends are huge fans of Urban Family Brewing Company and I'm like yeah you need to check it out and the reason they like it is they love all your we'll have we'll talk about it in a second here your yeah. fruit beers and your sour ales yeah and then I look through your Instagram I'm like oh my god that's Andy <laughs> <laughs> I try and stay off of the company Instagram as much as possible <laughs> tell our listeners that have never heard of Urban Family Brewing Company tell us about your beers you guys are so unique I, like I said yeah. you use a lot of fruits in your beers and you do a yeah. lot of sour ales tell us all about that yeah we kind of don't function on a traditional like brewery flagship model like see other breweries have like this is our ipa and it's like constantly available on shelves or Mm -hmm. this is our pale ale or this is our stout or blah blah blah. when i took over kind of did an assessment of what do we make that people like enjoy and what are we doing well and what are we doing different the original beer that i targeted for that was it's called heart of stone and it was a apricot plum sour it was using real fruit we were doing kind of a, a rudimentary bottling process on it but it like it was holding up well in bottles it continued to stay good over time and I was like why don't we just continue with this and see what other f- cool fruit combinations apricot mm-hmm. plum kind of blew my mind I'm like I know they're like kind of simple fruits and like stone fruits and mild flavors the fact that we could 
could take these two fruits, put them into a beer, and the resulting beer would be honestly amazing. That just started to kind of get my wheels turning, and I'm like, what if we try this? And 90% of the time, the brewers are like, shut up, Andy, go sit in the corner. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, what if we try a lime and raspberry and lemon and blah, blah, blah. We do things really collaboratively around. We've developed some pretty interesting beers just based off of like spitballing sessions. Oh, would this work well with this thing? Can we source enough of this fruit for this beer to make sense? When we decided to kind of go for it, sour beer was a big focus because there was nobody really doing that in Seattle, at least at the volume that we were aiming to do. You go to any bar and there's IPA taps and porter taps. There's a lot of competition for those things. But if, if you make sour and somebody's looking for a reliable quality sour beer, we could be that. Volume is a lot less, but there's a lot less, less people doing it. That's how it kind of started. We source a lot of our fruit locally. We try and do kind of as much hand processing as we can. We buy some purees that are made in Oregon for fruits that would be like possible to get enough to do a giant batch of beer with. When we moved from Magnolia over to Ballard in our new location, our head brewer, Max, we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, we're going to make like IPA as best we can. Like, let's work on IPA. And mm -hmm. that's what he's passionate about. He's also passionate about barrel-aged dark beer. <laughs> Me and my business partners and everybody kind of talk about it. Like we started the exact opposite of how you're supposed to start. We did more of the fringe styles. <laughs> and now we're like working backwards. To, like, oh, we just made this amazing American light lager. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're so excited about beers that are like, we can have two of. Now our focus, we produce as much sour beer as we did, maybe a little bit more, but now we have the ability with the bigger facility and more tanks and stuff like that to really nail down styles that we haven't been doing consistently over the past like four years. So that was a really long answer to your very simple question. <laughs> I love it. Now, one of the things that's unique about your place, and then also you have a lot of breweries around that row mm -hmm. in your area, are fruit trucks. Yeah. Now, do you choose those fruit trucks? Like, do you pair it with your beer? Like this would really go well. We just had Nacho Mama's on the yeah. show as a guest. And as oh, nice. We love them. I think there's another food truck. I think it's Layers Sandwich Company or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. You're naming the badasses. Can you tell me, like, how does it go into choosing the, the food trucks that you want? Like, to go, does it go with your beers and whatnot? So we don't necessarily choose them. So when I was over in Magnolia at mm -hmm. the other facility, it was really hard to convince food trucks to come out, commit their time to being at, like, one spot because there was zero foot traffic. Yeah. Chris and Sandra from Nacho Mama were just consistent. They were just mm -hmm. like, you know, this is our slower time, but we're here for it. We're going to be here. We're going to build a presence. We're going to do it. And they kind of really understood that it was fairly symbiotic over there and when we moved over to Ballard I'm like I swear like once we move over to Ballard you guys have a spot like, <laughs> I, you'll make some money I, I promise yeah they're amazing first of all but they've been like with us for a long time and if they asked us for every day we'd probably turn over backwards to try and make it happen and same with layers I think we they reached out to us like right before we moved over to Ballard and, what do you like you know what's the Sunday look like at your brewery and I was like I have no idea we haven't opened yet <laughs> but they've been here since every Sunday I mean, they're selling out. They're doing crazy stuff. So we have our friends that come on a regular basis that we just really like. And I'd say we more focus on people that we have good relationships with rather than the food. Because mm -hmm. the nice part about our beer is it's so eclectic. You're going to find something to pair with it. Nacho Mamas has like uh, nachos that are amazing. And there's something yeah. that'll definitely pair with that. Or like Layers has those crazy pork belly sandwiches that I ate one yesterday. And yeah, they're ridiculous. That's the nice part about kind of doing more like food and fruit focused beers 
is is they do pair well. And then having an American White Lager or Pilsner or something like that, that for like, this is just great with anything is always nice. Yeah. We're always on the hunt for kind of like who's doing something cool, who has something like inventive and who's like really just understands what it takes to put in the work and be at a brewery and deal with some slow days in the winter, but some crazy days in, in the spring, summer. That's awesome. Andy, going back to your beers. Yeah. Give me one thing that you guys are working on for the future for next year. One thing, the biggest thing I think that we've made a shift on, we used to do a lot, a lot, a lot of barrel aged, like rooted sour beers, Mm -hmm. mostly in red wine barrels that we got from local wineries. We haven't shifted away from that at all. We've pared down that program probably like 30%. And then we've made more heavy investments in our bourbon barrel aged dark beer program. I think early on when the pandemic happened, we were like, well, we have beer that'll need to get sold. Obviously, the velocity will be down on that. So we're like, we could just kind of pump the brakes a little bit and do some stuff and invest in the barrel age program. That's going to take a year or two to get those things out. I think we have 20 whiskey barrels, mostly from Woodenville whiskey. Yeah. Some rye, some port barrels filled with ridiculously big bourbon barrel age stout that we're really looking forward to. We have one of them will be a collab with a local bottle shop. We have a lot of those things that I think we're good at, but we just never really had the time to like slow down and do that before. And now we're feeling more comfortable with where we're at and production and all that stuff. So that's what I'm stoked about. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. The first time I learned about barrel age is I think at Black Raven. And they, yeah. I think on Tuesday nights, they would basically tap open those barrel aged brews. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. And then for, I think for like three months, I was there on Tuesday night with friends. I was like, nice. yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> all right, Andy, let's wrap it up here. Where cool. can customers and new customers buy or purchase Urban Family Brewing? And where can we find you on social media? Yeah, social media, mostly we focus on Instagram and we'll repost to Facebook. So it's just Urban Family Brewing on Instagram. And then you can look us up on Facebook. As far as where to get our beers, most of our fruited sour beers end up, we're in most like local grocery stores, PCC, Met Market. We're in Whole Foods, Town and Country Markets, like Central Market, Ballard Market. So most of those places will carry at least one product from us. And then best place to always buy our beers, come to the tap room. So okay, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. you can can come on down here and we'll walk you through some stuff and find something you like outdoor cover seating too right yeah we got a fire pit we have four big suspension heaters over one side and it's all covered it's pretty nice out there right now it looks like christmas kind of threw up all over it with all the lights <laughs> we have out there but we're trying to create a little winter wonderland <laughs> i love it man thanks for coming yeah. on i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me man and that was our interview with andy gundel from urban family brewing make sure you guys follow them on instagram get to their brew house if you want to get some beers from them where you can also order online. Monica, I love these guys. They have been supporting our favorite food trucks like Nacho Mamas. And I think that they've just had such a great relationship with these food trucks like like them. I, I definitely think that they do. I think they have a particularly good selection of food trucks at Urban Family Brewing. Not saying that, you know, all food trucks don't have something to offer, but I think they're very mindful of who they choose to come. And definitely like Nacho Mama's, you know, partners with them regularly to make their hot sauces. And so that's a really great collab that I love to see every time. 
I think it's really great. He found this thing where you can specialize in sour beers and fruit beers that not a lot of people in Seattle do. And then now he's branching out to IPAs and Saison. So Mm -hmm. as he described in the interview, he's doing it kind of backwards, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because everybody usually starts off with IPAs or those type of specialty beers and then go and do these little offshoots that he does. But it's successful. I'm so happy to see that he's doing so well with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, no, really excited for what the future holds because you know i mean like you nelson i love sour beer so yeah uh, me too yeah all right monica i think that's our show for tonight like i said holidays are you spending it just with Cole and your husband or what do you what do you got going on I think we are going to see family. We were good for Thanksgiving. Okay. And as you know, we haven't been going out a lot. I didn't leave the house for quite some time. So yeah, gonna gonna give it a try. I think I might see some friends this week too, just to exchange gifts. And uh, what about you? Probably not doing much. I, I am have the task of making something for Christmas dinner. I think mm-hmm. I'm got to go and pick up maybe a prime rib and i did say crab legs but i don't know if crab legs are going to be viable right now i will have to see i did see mussels and clams were on were cheap in costco so i might pick those up too so it might be that that might that might be christmas dinner prime rib crab legs and mussels and clams but i might have to call an audible for the seafood (laughs) yeah i'm not cooking I cooked for Thanksgiving. I was very (laughs) unhappy. I've been really clear with my family that if we get together, like cooking isn't my thing. Like I'm going to buy food. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's happening. It's a day for me to enjoy as well. And I didn't have a good time cooking on Thanksgiving. So that's not happening. (laughs) I'm all about the holidays. To each their own. I am okay with that. That's totally fine. (laughs) Merry Christmas. All right, everyone. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful holiday and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.